Hey everyone, Ryan here. Just a quick reminder before we start the show that we have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash leftanchor. Uh, if you want to support the show and get access to extra episodes, um, you can sign up there. If not, that's also fine. But uh, thanks for listening in any case. Let's get started. Welcome back to Left Anchor. I'm Alexi the Greek. And I'm Ryan Cooper. Uh, we're, we're here today with our post-Iowa caucus um, uh, readout, uh, reaction, whatever you might want to call it. We thought, um, I, you know, I've been on vacation for a while. Uh, we thought two days would be enough to tabulate the results of the Iowa caucus, but apparently it isn't. Uh, had had to, to wait until your birthday. Yeah. And uh, and still not done, even though it's your birthday. They did not take into that, that into account. But, but it, not- is, it is almost 7 p.m. here on February 5th. The, uh, the, on, on Wednesday, the caucus happened on Monday. And we are still sitting at 86% of the results reported, according to the Washington Post, you know, which I'm sure is getting the same results as everybody. And so, you know, there, as anybody, you know, I'm sure any, everyone listening to this podcast knows it was a total clusterfuck logistics nightmare. We're talking about Kerensky's, you know, attack in uh, 1917 level of disaster. So, nevertheless, I think it's it's time to sort of take stock to see to see where we're at uh, and tr- and try to figure out what what is to be done, so to speak, and and how to think about this um, going forward. Because we got you know, there's another race coming. I I believe New Hampshire is on Tuesday, and um, we've got Nevada on the 22nd and South Carolina on the 28th. And then Super Tuesday. Yeah. And so it's going to be bing, bang, boom, a bunch of different races coming up. And, um, you know, there's going to be a whole lot of jostling and jockeying for position over the next few days and weeks. And I think maybe a good place to start as we zoom out and say what the bleep just happened. uh, And then we can make sense of what just happened after we figure out what just happened or what is still happening is to say, okay, in the Democratic primary for president, you know, Iowa is the first election, right? And it's a caucus, not, yeah. not a primary. And somehow that relates to the shenanigans and incompetence and malfeasance and whatnot. <laughs> However, whatever combination of those things uh, has been going on and is going on. So what can we say about um, the caucus as we expected it to to go, like how, how it was supposed to be run, and then how that didn't go to plan and how things seem to have gone awry. Maybe we should break that down. Yeah, so the 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 caucus rules are are pretty complicated. You know, if you sat down for 20 minutes to explain everything, you know, it's it's not that difficult. But as I understand it, you know, you you get all the registered Democrats, you go to their your local precinct, which is a gym or something usually, and you know, you make your sort of initial selection um, and for scale, there's about 1,700 of these precincts in Iowa, I believe. Yeah, you're talking about fairly small numbers of people, you know, from like a, a dozen or two up to a few hundred, you know, not that many. Um, so you make your initial selection, 
And, uh, you know, so you go stand with a candidate that, that like the sort of corner or something of the candidate that you support. And I believe at that point you're locked in. Um, yeah, that's the first stage, the initial the, the commitment. Fir- yeah, the first stage. And then they go through and they see if anybody's cleared the 15% viability threshold. And um, by that, we mean 15% of the total number of people in the gym. Exactly. Yes. And, and from there, if you are, if your candidate is not viable, then you can reallocate to the, the other candidates. Um, you're, you're unlocked, so to speak, and you can go, you know, and, the, and there are various extremely good strategies that people have, like, hey, we've got pie and cakes over here, or we've got chairs, free beer. For I'm not, I think maybe you can't bring alcohol. There are a lot of <laughs> rules that were not being respected, probably. But Free MDMA. I guarantee you'll do whatever yeah. I tell you afterwards. Yeah. It's a good thing Bloomberg wasn't in this caucus, because it would have been like $10,000 to every person who, who joins the Bloomberg caucus. You have Steyer. You have Tom Steyer there. Yeah. Um, I believe that's probably also against the rules. Yeah. But at any rate, so then, you know, you have your second alignment after after you've cleared out all the losers under 15%. They they were, you know, and so each precinct gets a number of delegates, you know, based on the sort of population they represent. And then they send those uh, delegate totals over to the state party. And then they add them up. And the state delegates are then converted yeah back back in the old days like back in 2016 the state delegates are converted according to a complicated ass formula into the national delegates and that would be who won iowa uh but now thanks to that bernie um the bernie campaign pushed for a number of changes to make the process a little bit more transparent and so now they record the popular vote in addition to the first vote um and and it in addition to the final, you know, the final delegate, state delegate selection, and then finally the the national delegate selection. I think there's like 41 or 43. 41 total pledged yeah. delegates. Pledged delegates. From Iowa that can be representing Iowa at the end, at the, at the national convention. So you have the popular vote recorded from that initial commitment in the gym. You have the record of what those numbers look like when people recommit after their first choice was not viable. And then that result determines the number of state delegates, right? That that precinct sends to, you know, Iowa headquarters. And then Iowa headquarters is supposed to add up all those state delegates for each candidate. And that will then determine how many pledge delegates, uh, which is a much smaller number, right? Each candidate will get uh, out of the 41 total pledge delegates possible. Yeah. So, so, you know, just a little review here. A lot of people probably already know this, but the- and one other point though, that people noticed, I think in following this is that <clears throat> say what, what has tended to be the case almost universally is that Bernie Sanders might have a significant higher number of, um, not just popular votes in the first vote, but popular votes even in the second vote, but get the same number of state delegates as, say, Buttigieg because of of the way that they uh, do the math to figure out delegates, there might be a discrepancy and there might be a a higher number, but they don't like go down to the decimal. They don't say that you get, you know, 17.8 delegates or something, right? 
Yeah. I, um, well, they actually do present um, fractions of a delegate here in the Washington Post, but you know that's functionally meaningless. You know the, I mean the 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 way they award delegates, you know according to like rounding out, and then if and then if you don't, um, if you don't meet the if if it's a tie of some sort, then you just flip a coin, right. you know, or you draw names out of a hat to right. whoever gets the like the balance of of difference. And, and so, you know, but the point is like Bernie can and probably will by like a somewhat comfortable margin, uh, beat the second place person, which looks like mayor Pete in the popular vote, but may or may not win the number of pledge delegates. Yeah. Right now is sitting at 86%. So here, here's the results. So they're reporting 86% of the precincts, right? Yeah. We, we have, um, in the first alignment, uh, Sanders got, uh, twenty four point three percent. Buttigieg twenty one point six percent of the vote. In the second alignment, uh, Sanders got twenty six point one percent, and Buttigieg twenty five point five percent. So he won both. Yeah. Uh, yes, he won both of the the vote alignments, and in the state delegate um, equivalents or whatever they're called, state delegates. Buttigieg is winning with uh, 26.7% and Sanders has 25.4%. Now, I've heard people speculate that that will probably close up because the very last things they're going to count are the satellite caucuses of all the Iowans who live overseas and and in different states and so on. And um, he was the only one who even contested those at all. And so likely he will come up a bit in the state delegate count. And so, um, you know, who the, who the fuck knows in the end, at the end of the day, but I, th- I think it's fair to conclude that Bernie won. Bernie won because he won the popular vote and he's likely going to tie or win the, the pledge delegates. Yeah, the pledge delegates, which are, the state delegates are completely meaningless at the end of the day. It's just the um, representation of the arcane mechanics of this fucking caucus nonsense. Um, And, you know, popular vote is just like how many people, you know, at the like person with the most votes wins, which is a very intuitive and easy to understand standard of victory. And then the pledge delegates, which is actually the mechanics of, uh, you know, how the convention will operate in you know june or wherever it is um and so that that will be likely tied or within one almost certainly and so you know and and again if it's like 10 and 10 they each got 10 pledge delegates that's a minuscule number compared to the number yeah exactly right so to, to win the nomination uh in an outright fashion where you don't have a brokered convention uh Without any help from uh, other pledge delegates moving to your camp at the end, you'd need almost half of the 4,000 total pledge delegates available in all the 50 states plus, you know. So so you have, uh, you know, 10 out of that is not very much. But that is not why you might think, well, why then does Iowa matter at all? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Who gives a shit? Yeah. And this this gets into the pragmatics and the strategy and and the way that media narratives and donor money and and the path to to victory involves uh, campaign finance and psychology and so many other things that is being fucked with directly by the failures of Iowa. Now we're getting into it. Yeah. So, so the question then becomes, 
uh, what effect does it have and who's to blame? And is the blame something that has to do with incompetence or um, malice and, and preference for non-Bernie candidates? Uh, so let's let's kind of unpack what the options are and dig into it. Yeah. So so you know we're we're all sitting here. It's two days. This is by far the longest it's ever been before we've had the full Iowa caucus results. And the reason supposedly is that the um, they set up an app. They did an app. Oh, thank God. There's an app for that. What is ever? What app has ever fucked up? Um, but they they the. The state Democratic Party, apparently in, um, you know, on on advice from the DNC, importantly, the, the New York Times reported that, uh, you know, they were just going to do a big phone bank um, and the DNC pushed them not to do that. And so they went with an app which was built by a, a bunch of, uh, you know, party insiders. Named Shadow. Yeah, his name Shadow. Can't make this shit up. Which is own... It's, I think it's a for-profit company, which is owned by a non-profit company called Acronym. And <laughs> and that, you know, you got, there's all kinds of Democratic insiders on that. You know, a ton of ex-Obama and ex-Hillary Clinton people. The Pod Save America boys are on that, a couple of them. I think uh, Tommy Vitor and um, um, John Favreau. We're on, are, are on like the the board of that David Pluff, mm-hmm. uh, who who Chris Hayes confronted him about this. Uh, I think because David Dan uh, tweeted yep. him to do yep. so. Yeah, Twitter Twitter matters sometimes, yeah. and he said, "I'm a volunteer on the board." <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> board members are not paid. That's not how that works. At you know, yeah, yeah, and in, in it, other words, the board. Being on a board is powerful because of the people you're connected to and your influence and the decisions made by this company, right? Um, and if it's a board of advisors, then there's no stock involved either. But like, so in any case, there's there's some real kind of insiders involved in the, yeah. the company that created the app, and there's the, an investment. Yeah. The, so the the Verge, you know, did some reporting in this. Noah Colwin did a great piece in. Um, I think the outline or, or somewhere else, um, the, uh, n- motherboard vice at motherboard got like at, into the actual source code of the app. And then just find this thing is absolute fucking dog shit. You know, you're talking like bargain basement, Facebook game level of, of coding and effort put into this thing. Because what happened was on the night that they, you know, on, on caucus night, you know, the, all these precinct captains and so on went to turn on their app and the fucker just didn't work at all. And that's like, where they're supposed to upload the data. Yeah, they were. that's where they're supposed to punch in their totals, you know, and um, it just wasn't working. And so they called up the state headquarters and the state headquarters did not have enough people on, you know, in their basement or whatever to take the calls. No and plan so, B. People were sitting on hold for 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 hours, multiple hours sometimes, just waiting to uh, you know to give their results in, and um, you know people tabulated this stuff, and eventually you know a lot of them gave up. They called back the next morning and so on. Um, but you know, you, you I've seen a lot of people blame this on Sanders, the Sanders campaign, asking for more transparency around the rules, which which did on one level make it more complicated. Insofar as there's more 
to report. There's more to report. The, the but, co- the co- but that has nothing to do with how long you're on hold because no one was working. Yep, that's right. Exactly. I mean, it made it more difficult, but that was four years ago, almost. <laughs> Three and a half years ago when they when they right. made this decision. And so, you know, like they've had ample time to prepare and it's not that difficult. Let's be clear. The math is not hard. No, the math is not hard. The caucus procedure is complicated, but it's not that complicated. Like it's it's nothing that you couldn't have, you know, uh, nine or ten sort of of sessions over the course of a couple of years go through this all, you know, very carefully and over and over again to be like, here's the procedure. You got to be very careful. And then on election night, you have you know, your backup phone bank with 20, 30, 40, 50 people there who, who can just take this, you know, you're talking about what a one, two, three minute phone call at latest. So like, here's my initial result. Here's my second result, final alignment. What, you know, whatever. And I, and I figured out to do the math. Let's assume you don't even have a calculator. You don't, you don't need any, you just do the math by hand. Okay. Yeah. So let's say you want to verify that, um, that the math is right and you want to get, get rid of human error. So you say, let's assign two people to independently do the math. Okay, there's like 1,700 precincts. All right, yeah. so that's 3,400 precincts. Okay, how long does it take to do a basic math problem? Like, it depends on who you are. Right, no, but, so, 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 but let's say, let's say uh, a minute. That's a pretty long time to do just arithmetic. Yes. Right? Stacking up a column of so, numbers. Yeah. So 3,400 minutes is the total number of labor hours we need. Yeah. Right. Okay. How long? <laughs> how long? How long does it take? Right. To to have just that would just be two people working. Right. For so yeah, thirty four hundred minutes. I should say thirty four hundred minutes. How many hours is that? I, you can. I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, you're. you're I, it's. I. I forget who made this comment on Twitter, but like, if if you had re- recorded the results on on a you know parchment paper with a quill and and sent them in via horseback from all the from all the <laughs> counties, they would have been done yesterday. Well, and the way yeah. that we know that is they came up with like sixty nine percent of it very very quickly. And then like dragged their feet tremendously like after that, right? Yeah. And, and insofar as the initial delay was because people were on hold on the phone for four hours, that wasn't true anymore because people were talking about how they reported their precinct yep. information like 24 hours ago. So like it makes sense in a way that the math wasn't the problem, but the collecting the data and there's the phones are tied up or whatever. But once yeah. you have all the information actually producing, even if you're double checking, that can't possibly take very long. Like I don't even know. So, so like, well, and and then this, you know, just before we started recording, you know, they're releasing a few more dribs and drabs of results. And, um, you know, there, here's a tweet from, uh, Chris Schwartz, who was, uh, who, who is the, uh, uh, Blackhawk County, uh, Iowa supervisor. And he was a precinct captain, of of uh you know the Blackhawk County um caucus and um he's he's saying he he said in this latest round of of results that the that the the party was that not only did they screw up the delegate uh, allocation and the vote total in the in the last like couple of hours but that they were giving votes to fucking Deval Patrick 
who did not even campaign and had zero votes. Right. For, you know, I no, saw that. nobody fucking uh, voted for the, you know, it, it, I don't think he was even registered. Yeah. And, and so, um, so there seem to be discrepancies that it looks like. Yeah. And, 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 uh, when, when, um, you know, I Democrats, the I democratic party posted some results online. There's just some random, some random Twitter guy named Phil Jameson, who is, who is saying like, uh, you know, pointing at this, this issue here says, Hey, looks like you accidentally swabbed Deval Patrick's, uh, and Bernie's columns in the rows between, uh, you know, three, four and four, two. You also switched Tom Steyer and Elizabeth Warren results for the same rows. And like, yeah, that's some, that's some shady. They've had two days, two yeah, days right. to figure this shit out. I mean, this is like elementary spreadsheets shit that anybody could have been able to figure out in 30 seconds. Well, so, so here's the thing. And, and there's a lot of, you know, the discourse, there's a lot of talk about um, incompetence. And then there's a lot of talk about this is intentional or some of this has to be intentional. I don't yeah. think anyone's claiming I mean, maybe some people are, but no one's really saying that from the get-go they planned for the app to crash and for, right. But like, yeah. there does seem to be uh, evidence that incompetence is seeming seeming like an insufficient explanation for some of the shenanigans, like you just spoke of. Um, yeah. It makes a lot more sense that it, that some of this is intentional, uh, just because. Or, or at least a sort of like a quiet or almost maybe an unconscious sure. conspiracy of incompetence. That just like, um, you know, you you're looking at this thing. Results are coming in, and they look they good are, for Bernie. They're bad for you for know, your guy, for, for Biden, the, or for Klobuchar, or for Bernie. Winning is terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, we need to double check everything and. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, this is in the wake of the Des Moines Register's famous most important poll getting canceled at the last minute because, I don't know, there was some irregularities. Well, you know what happened there? Mayor Pete complained yeah. because one of his supporters claimed that they hadn't been asked about whether or not they support Pete in the the, the phone survey, mm-hmm. which I find, like, that is pretty fucking hard to believe, mm-hmm. you know, like, if you're doing a poll survey why would you lead out leave out like the top Mm -hmm. two or three contender but you know regardless like that's pretty narrow i I just think that you have to consider that as part of the context in which this is taking place right yeah so that happens which is already weird and shady and never happened before and then and then you have so so if we travel back in time to the night that we were all expecting for the results to come in. It's like, okay, it's a delay. The app went down. Sure. Maybe it'll take a few more hours. Uh, Speaking of TV and Twitter, (laughs) Brian Williams on MSNBC basically says, I think for obvious reasons, boy, it sure would make sense for some candidates to take advantage of this free airtime and make some speeches right now. Which is like, obviously, the networks would love that because they're just talking about how they don't know anything for hours. Yeah. Um, but literally, within a little bit of time, Klobuchar, is like, somebody must have seen Brian Williams say that and nudged Klobuchar and said, yeah. go out there and give a speech. Or they were thinking the same thing. Maybe so. Who knows? It doesn't matter. 
But then the thing that changes is that when Mayor Pete gives his speech, he declares victory. He says in a really sleazy, slick way without saying that they won, I'm confident we'll emerge victorious when all this settles, you know, and just basically gives a victory speech, right? Without, without explicitly saying that they won. He, he didn't, he didn't, it was sort of like George W. Bush uh, talking about Iraq and, and, and 9 Mission 11. Accomplished? <laughs> no, Iraq and 9 11 oh, okay. right. in 2002. Oh, the connection between They the never two? said it exactly. They just implied it a hundred million times. Right. Um, and, and yeah, you know, the, the, an improbable hope has become an yes. undeniable reality. Yeah. We have shocked the world. Yeah. Zero percent of results in Pete. We emerge victorious. And, and and the thing, so it's funny. My first thought was actually, oh, he's hedging. Because we know that Mayor Pete has staked everything on Iowa, has been there for so long, spent so much time and money there. It's his only chance to have any path that's viable at all. And so my first thought was, oh, he's hedging. Like, if he ends up winning, these will be the clips that will be replayed over and over again of him talking about how they shocked the world and da da da. And if he doesn't win or if it's a tie, like, so what that he pretended that they won, right? Like, I, I'm just seeing the cynical move, you know, it's kind of like P- Pascal's wager or something for, uh, for proclaiming. But, but now it could be even worse than that. It could be even sneakier than that. Well, he was clearly trying to have it both ways. Yeah. You know, like in later interviews, he said, uh, well, I wasn't really declaring victory, you know, but, but like he just, he, he, I mean, he literally said we will emerge victorious from this. Yeah. I mean, anyone <laughs> listening to that would assume that he, that victory doesn't mean first place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the Vic, the, the victorious 49ers in the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, they, well, they came in second, didn't they? Uh, I mean, it was just a move, obviously, of the purest cynicism, just to just to be like, uh, it, like, well, there's no results, and uh, you know, we we don't really know who won. We're pretty sure we did well according to our own internal data, which is true. And just just jump out there and just just try to try to create a triumphal narrative by lying about what you know so, at the and time. So and here's here's the thing. The reason as we said that Iowa is important is not because of the number of delegates that you might win. No, and quite like, the opposite. Whether um, Buttigieg or or Bernie wins or gets second, it might not make any difference in pledge delegates, right? It might they might tie or there might be one dif- one delegate difference. What matters is the narrative. Yep. And so to preemptively claim the narrative and then and here's the thing. And we can get into this talk of conspiracy theorism and theorists, right? Uh here's the thing. So when they delayed the results, okay, you're going to delay it. So why don't you just delay it until you finish them and then like say what the results were. No, no, no. At 5 p.m. on Tuesday, we're going to release 50%, they said. This is what they said. Yeah. They said, we'll release 50% of the precinct results. Which which precincts? I, how did they decide? Which like Were they the ones that yeah. came in? Seemingly not, because some of them came in that didn't report. Okay, whatever. For some reason, you want to release 50%. Oh, they ended up waiting a little bit past 5, and they released 69%, which happened... Nice. Yeah, exactly. Happened to slightly, slightly favor Mayor Pete 
in terms of not the popular vote, which is still Bernie's, yeah, but in terms of the state delegates. And they can spin that, and they did spin that as um, Buttigieg in the lead, you know, Mayor Pete in the lead. Yeah. Not considering, like, who's stronger in which counties and which counties have been reported or any of that. And then, like, nothing for a while, a long while. Yeah. How many hours? Hours and hours. Hours later, they release another 9% of the precincts? Yeah, something like that. And, And I'm just thinking, like, how are they deciding when to release what? And, like, is it a coincidence that when they release something, it's a slight edge for Mayor Pete? After he gave the preemptive victory speech? Yeah. After he canceled, basically, the Des Moines Register poll? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, my only conclusion is that you you couldn't make this look more like a Democratic-like party frame-up job to try to make it appear as if Pete won the caucus, even though he didn't by strategically delaying the results and i mean it's i think it certainly could be the case that is it is merely pure stupidity and utter fucking like just infantile incompetence that that is the the why they can't add up like 10 numbers on a spreadsheet over two fucking days uh by the way did we mention that mayor pete personally invested in the app hmm. Yeah, it's true. I Does, mean, those doesn't those, he own? Isn't it like thirty percent of it? Well, I don't know about that. Uh, Some significant the, amount of investment, I think. Yeah, I mean, these consulting firms, you know, they do a lot of different things. Right. So thirty percent of the firm, right, that made the app. So that's, I think, yeah, the way to put it. But I don't think in, it was in directly case, involved like, in the in the app itself. Well, I think it's but, pretty direct to be like part owner of the firm that created the app that also has these other DNC insiders involved. Like, come on. I mean, if you're trying yeah. to make in terms of conspiracy theories, if you're trying to make some outlandish thing, this is not outlandish. This is no. like, this is like right in your it's, face. It stanks. Well, and so to get to conspiracy theories, um, I, th- I, I want to remind everyone who doesn't already know this, that to conspire simply means that more than one person was involved in organizing something. Right. Like, yeah. like Ryan and I are conspiring to make a podcast <laughs> right now. We're conspiring. That's right. Okay. That's right. Um, a conspiracy theory, a theory is simply like a form of explanation that describes yeah. or explains some event, some fact, some thing. That's one way to think of a theory. I mean, the actual root of the word means like a view or something like right? to, to see yeah. some, to see something in a certain light is to kind of understand what it is. Right. Uh, so conspiracy theory, like on its face, is just like an explanation for something that happened that involved more than one person. Now, yeah. when people deride conspiracy theories, what they're really critiquing is the lack of evidence for the particular explanation of a certain event. And there's this association with paranoia, and there's a lot that you could get into. But the thing that's like bad about those kind of conspiracy theories is that there's insufficient reason or, or evidence to think that that explanation is the explanation. Yeah. And therefore you say you're just a conspiracy theorist because you're kind of just assuming that certain people are responsible for something when there's not really a good reason to, it doesn't seem to make sense actually that that would be the case and you could poke holes in the reasoning, right? Yeah. Killing Soleimani conspiracy theory, right? Like, like guess what? 
Trump and his generals decided to do it and they did it and they conspired. Yeah. So, so well, conspiracy fact. You exactly. Could say. Well, no, but so, but the explanation, the theory might be <clears throat> they thought that this would be good politically, whatever. That's the explanation. And then they did it. Right. So, yeah. So there here, was a conspiracy. <laughs> there was a conspiracy to destroy Gawker yes, uh, from exactly. by Peter Thiel, who, who, who funded frivolous lawsuits that were totally unrelated to his grievance uh, in secret to to destroy that that uh publication that was that's, that actually happened and that's verified by the way i think a lot of actually derided um conspiracy theories some of them are probably true the problem is you don't know which ones are true yeah yeah that's the problem and so to assume they're all true is, is problematic but like lots of things we're not privy to happen right behind the scenes yeah and so the problem is to think that you know which ones happened and why yeah and you're right, and and so like, it is it is very hard to know what to think about all this. I think you know I, I initially I was like, well, it's just all incompetence. Um, but I mean, it it's like every mistake they've how had. Do, how do the mistakes function? What are they yeah, doing? Right? They've always disadvantaged Sanders and even Warren too. Yes, yes. and are That's boosting right. up Pete and and fucking and Deval masking. Patrick. And masking the total fucking collapse of Joe Biden. Yep. Yeah. That I that's the I would say the major beneficiary of this muddled media coverage uh is is Biden. You know, Sanders has lost and 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 Warren has lost because Warren did actually pretty well in the caucus. We can get right. into that later. But Sanders lost his like victory lap, but Biden did not get you know, a, a, a media cycle of just like in fourth, utter failure. He was in fourth, barely, barely ahead of Klobuchar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So bringing up the rear, significantly outperformed by Warren, way outperformed by Buttigieg and, and Sanders. Yeah. Which and is huge for him because he has just big donors, right? Yeah, big donors. And his only argument is, I can win an election. Right. And his first election he's had since 2012, he fucking face plants. And he is—he is the kind of uh, all-American blue-collar candidate, apparently. Apparently, right? <laughs> like just uh, your Uncle Joe, your Uncle yeah. Joe, and and Uncle Joe in Iowa, white, 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 blue-collar Iowa. Yep, farmers and uh, right cheese-formed uh, people among moderates lost dramatically to Buttigieg among moderates and yeah. barely outperformed Klobuchar. He lost a pizza rat. <laughs> um, yeah. but the, and, and so, you know, I don't, I, I think it's definitely not the case that there is a, there is a, a preformed conspiracy to rig the vote totals or anything like that. I mean, first of all, there's, there's way too many people are involved. You know, lots and lots of people have seen all the different totals from all the precincts, and like that was going to come out. And in fact, it did come out when they screwed up these these totals. But you know, you you look at like New York elections, or you know, some of these other machine politics states where they're constantly fucking up registrations. And, you know, the, the procedures are all f just a nightmare. You know, like a lot of people who are registered, they go, they go in, oh, you're not registered. And it's some paperwork hang up or another. And I think the, it's not an accident, even if people are not deliberately 
fucking up the the they're not they're not saying to themselves i will i will malevolently not do this right like it is to the benefit of you know the party establishment the machine hacks the fucking like app vendors and and the sort of galaxy of grifter consultants who are who get paid millions of dollars to you know you know carry out all these various contracts and so forth to just not do things well but also i i think whether it's conscious or subconscious uh hey uh well we need we should we release re- results once they're all in nah let's let's release some of them at some point yeah. oh, oh how are we gonna do that uh i don't know what are they looking like now well bernie's way up uh yeah maybe we need to wait until more come in yeah we how, about, need to how, check about, these. how about now well, technically, Pete's in the lead with with state delegates. All right, let's release right now. Sixty nine percent. That sounds like a n- good number of precincts to report. <laughs> right, Is so that you, you right? Can, you can imagine that decisions like that. I mean, come on, these people. No, look, they. Look, uh, yeah, absolutely. Even Chris Matthews, who's who's obviously not part of the DNC or part of the Iowa, <laughs> but like, is just so obviously as like a quote unquote objective journalist or whatever, just literally showing his disgust that Bernie Sanders has a chance of winning the nomination and just kind of, you know, MSNBC is just so clearly in the bag for anyone but Bernie. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, uh, it, uh, I mean, it's, it's certainly, um, not impossible to think that, 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 that kind of reasoning or, or sort of like self-deception happened. And, um, which is why they're also not reporting Bernie basically won. Biden tanks like a good journalist, right? Good journalist would would say, "Yeah, this this mess up is a huge story." You know what's also a big story, right? As we approach New Hampshire and the other primaries, it's a big story that Biden totally fell on his face. It's a big story that all this organizing done by the Sanders campaign uh, seems to be like they're the representative of the left, especially going into New Hampshire where he seems to have an even big, bigger lead, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe this maybe this gets us into the sort of general takeaways here. Number one, yeah. Number one, Bernie won. Bernie uh Bernie almost certainly has a popular vote locked up. He will probably be tied in delegates. And, you know, the state delegate thing is totally irrelevant. You know, I mean who who wins is uh is a totally arbitrary, you know, categorization given how many different different like things you could pick to represent that and popular vote i would say is the most legitimate one of all right even more legitimate than the uh the the national delegate totals the pledge delegates yeah if you're looking at the practical you know then you look at the pledge delegates which he seems to he's going to probably tie yeah uh but if you're looking at legitimacy that's the popular vote yep yep and um i would i would say secondary the most important thing is that biden got fucking rinsed he just got stomped you know he 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 in that poll that that mayor pete um prevented from coming out he was in fourth place i think but he did even worse than that i think he was coming in at 15 percent of the vote and i think he got 13 uh, something like that. You know, he underperformed the polls, which already had him. Which is like one or two points higher than Klobuchar, I think. Yeah, he, he just barely and, beat And a couple, a couple percentages under Warren, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was like roughly, as far as we can tell, 
Bernie and Mayor Pete are hovering around the 26% mark, something like that. Thereabouts. Thereabouts. Um, And then the the next highest is Warren at 15, which is quite a drop, I believe. Uh, I think in the final vote, Warren was about 20. Oh, she's up to 20? Is she? Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's changed. Yeah, she... um, Which is not popular, but in terms of... Well, in the popular vote, she she got 20.4%. In the delegates, she got eighteen percent. Eighteen, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so around twenty six for Bernie and Mayor Pete at, at this point, with eighty six percent precincts reporting. Then, yeah. then a drop off to Warren is to eighteen percent. Yeah, you know, so so a good like eight percentage point difference, and then the drop off there to Biden is another three percent or two or three percent, and then another couple percentage points to Klobuchar, right? Yep. And those are the only five that have any discernible numbers at all, right? Yeah. Biden beat Klobuchar by less than 3,000 votes. Wow. I mean, fucking pathetic. You know, and th- and this strikes right to the heart of his entire candidacy. This whole argument, yeah. And this is the only time he's faced a real serious election. And he just folded like a wet noodle. And so I, I would say, honestly, that's probably the most important story coming out of this. Is like Biden in his in his only political contest he's faced in um, what six years uh, eight years almost um, he just got fucking stomped and he was and I mean you could say he still is in a sense but but he was the biggest competitor to Bernie Sanders um, yeah in I terms mean, yeah. of in terms of like. Demogra- demographic support yep. and and the kind of demographics in the various states needed, right? He yeah. he is the only person other than Bernie Sanders to have uh, a high non-white right support in the Democratic yeah. Party. Black women, big Biden supporters, and that could be and 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 so this 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 maybe yeah. gets What's the in, takeaway. Yeah, it, it gets into the future, you know, of of whether or not people start to abandon his, uh, you know. Uh, campaign because uh, New Hampshire's coming up. Last time I checked, Bernie was ahead by ten points in New Hampshire, and you know that he's he's been there for weeks already, and probably nobody's going to be able to out campaign him. Um, then and you know it's right next door to Vermont. He should be able to win pretty easily. After that, uh, you move to Nevada. Nevada is uh, heavily Latino, as everyone knows, and Sanders has been very strong among Latinos. In Iowa, he smoked everyone, right? Yeah, yeah. With the Latina vote, with uh, non-white votes generally. Yeah, and um, so, you know... I I My sense for Biden is that, you know, his... His supporters are are people who they're 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 frightened. They're they're defensive voters. They're people who think, well, we can't take a risk on Bernie Sanders. Look at this cranky old weirdo. Let's back the electable candidate. Yeah, we just need to, a lot of people just want to beat Trump. Whatever yeah. that takes. He's familiar. You know, he was vice president. Maybe some lingering Obama halo. But if Biden, like, uh, you know 
whether Bernie or not, whether Bernie won in Iowa or not, Biden got stomped. For sure. He's going to get stomped in New Hampshire again, almost certainly. It's a no confidence vote from the moderates and from the people that think electability matters the most. And, yeah. he, you know, I mean, Klobuchar's right there with him. Mayor Pete outperformed him. And the, and and even if, uh, you know, um, d- given the fact that New Hampshire is also pretty white, but then you move to Nevada, which is not terribly white. And and uh, Biden loses again. Um, last there hadn't been that many polls of that. Last last I saw, Sanders is is only behind by a couple of points. Um, you know, at and, that and point, keep in mind by that point, a lot of like small changes can can relate to the amount of money you have to spend on advertising, and he's going to yeah. lose donations and not get the kind of funding uh, coming off of Iowa and New Hampshire that that Bernie's going to get. And yep. so after Nevada, South Carolina is like the end of the line, basically. Yeah. And, and Sanders, last I checked, was only a few points behind, like five, four or five points behind Biden. And and so if Sanders um, cracks the if, if he wins South Carolina, I would say that's that's basically it. It's game over. Um, In because, the sense that no one else could win the majority of delegates. So there still is a chance that the brokered convention results because, you know, n- there's a plural um a plurality that Bernie wins, but but uh, but enough are taken away that he doesn't break fifty percent of the delegates, and that's that's another reason why, in terms of the chicanery, the the Bloomberg stuff seems to loom yeah. as part of the same the, context. Yeah. It seems like, hey, there's a billionaire who's flooding. I don't know about you, I see a goddamn Bloomberg ad on online on the TV yeah. every time I'm looking. And he's just manu like Steyer is manufacturing support, right? Just yeah. by like sp- spending millions and millions and millions of dollars. Uh, if that is just to take away enough delegates so that Bernie doesn't get fifty percent, you know, then we have to deal with a broker convention. But at least it seems like at this point, the likelihood is no one else seems to have the path to the majority like Bernie does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, anything could change, you know, in the next few weeks. Um, but the, the, the most like likely, you know, course of events seems to, seems to me that, that, I mean, 538 of all places, um, Nate Silver put, put him at, at the highest chance of winning, uh, uh, the major the plurality of, of, uh, delegates. Yeah. Even, even um, our hated Nate Silver. Yeah. And, um, they said that his uh, Biden's chance of winning a plurality plunged by by half from forty percent to twenty percent uh, after the after the Iowa caucus. Oh, I guess we should talk about the other possible candidates, right? Because because Biden's the one we're talking about for a reason. Yeah. He's the one that seemed like he had the institutional support and the national recognition and the non-white voters. But if he's not the guy, I mean. Mayor Pete has basically no support from non-white people. Basically zero. <laughs> yeah, ma- for Mayor, good reason, right? Mayor Pete has put all he put all his chips into Iowa, and he's made himself the most hated candidate uh, of the left, which which actually does have Hard to some do. influence. Yeah, uh, he's just such a he's he's such a liar, and uh, and. Uh, you know, he, he does not share our politics and he's patently a cynical oleaginous Cretan who will say anything to get elected and will sell out his constituents for a nickel. Um, and, you know, 
he is way and nationally he's way behind he's way behind in new hampshire he's and and he's barely even registering in the south and this is what killed bernie sanders in 20, 2016 mm-hmm. was that he couldn't compete in the south and hillary clinton beat him by like 30 40 50 i think 70 points in in mississippi and so well, Mayor, and, and that's the other thing in part that's because bernie wasn't as known a name like Hillary was, or, oh, like, yeah, exactly. or like Biden is. And so you could say, like, Mayor Pete's just unknown. He's a mayor of South Bend, Indiana, and he'll be known. But you know what? When he gets known, he's going to be known for, like, being really bad on racial issues in South Bend, for example, with, like, yeah. police shootings and how he's dealt with that or not dealt with that. Firing the, all the black city employees, uh, the black police chief. Putting up some token pictures of people from Africa on his, I mean, j- just, like, yeah. really, really bad bad statements that are like really racist you know and he doesn't have you know biden at least has the argument in terms of like electability and steadiness of of having been in politics for forever um i mean just like bernie does you know since since the the 1980s but Buttigieg is he's a a fucking pipsqueak he's he's been you know, he, he's been the mayor of a town, the 305th largest town city in the country. You know, he, he won his last election with like a, a margin of 8,000 votes um, before Iowa. If he if 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 he actually can be said to 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 win that or to tie that, um, you know, he has no even state level experience of any kind. He's like he's like a um, a McKenzie gay Mitt Romney, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. like, like, like a slick, cynical politician who is trying to take advantage of identity politics in the negative sense, but whose actual policies would harm, uh, LGBTQ people and who would harm people of color and would harm the marginalized. Um, but he speaks seven languages and he can say, I'm going to fuck you over in Norwegian. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but like, he'll just talk about triangulation I mean, this, this guy is a slick operator who will, who will that depends slick. what the meaning of we, he is, he is. Yeah. And that's we, what he basically, depends what the meaning of victorious he is, right? <laughs> yeah. Like that's, yep. he's that, already doing yep. it. That's right. That, that's exactly right. Yeah. He, he, uh, you know, this is a, the piece I wrote for tomorrow, but you know, you see people's character come out in times of stress and that was, he was just like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in there and I'm gonna. I'm gonna I'm gonna stomp all over these stupid people, you know, just, just a conscious cynicism, you know, and lying. And this is what the establishment wants because they didn't come out. Iowa and the DNC didn't come out and say, "Well, maybe Pete, Pete shouldn't have been claiming victory." I mean, we don't know yet. We we haven't released all of the precinct like, or the, any of or the any. Precincts. In fact, in fact, let's let that narrative. Let's let his speech and, and the narrative run for a while. Let's. I mean, I can, and it doesn't even matter how intentional it is. But like, it's certainly there's no one, as you say, standing up in a moment like this and saying, "Hey, wait a minute." It seems like this is bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah. It seems like by any indication, you know, uh, whether it's the journalists that should be talking about Biden's collapse or uh, the fact that Bernie was totally discounted or about the fact that Warren, who's the other progressive uh, competing, she did like fine. Yeah, but she did. Very, she did quite well, actually. She overperformed the polls where Biden underperformed them. 
Yeah. yeah. In terms of managing expectations, she overperformed the polls, but like she's a significant distance from the other progressive, right? Yeah, she is. Yeah. And I would say, you know, I mean, so as we've said, you know, I, I, Bernie and national poll averages, he's within a few points of Biden. Um, he, uh, uh, Biden, I think if he, if he gets rinsed again in New Hampshire, like if he finishes third or fourth, something like that, I think it's pretty likely that's the end of it for him. Um, you know, he's just going to start to collapse. He's going to start losing money. Well, it's a matter. And that is a function of when does the money run out? Like literally when the candidates leave is when they run out of money. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's already struggled with, with raising money and he doesn't have a huge personal fortune. Um, the, uh, Buttigieg, you know, uh, unless he can pull something out of his hat in New yes. Hampshire or Nevada, which he'll, seems pretty unlikely. He'll also run out of money. Yeah. I mean, he, the, that, that trick of trying to declare victory didn't even work that well. You know, he got a fair amount of pushback from people being like, Hey, that we don't know right. who won yet. <laughs> yeah. Like, what yeah. are you talking about, dude? Yeah. Right. Um, you know, some, some people who really like him, you know, that, that, uh, Edward Isaac Dovre or whatever his name is at the Atlantic was like, Oh, didn't you know that Pete's a ruthless, uh, cynical operator from the Wayland Tutani corporation? Like, yes, I knew that. Thank you. You don't need to tell me that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, Warren, I think is kind of the wild card. Mm. She did pretty well. I don't think she's going to get a media bounce out of coming like just barely right. basically in second place, you know, beyond the two tied after front the, runners. After the two, yeah. um, but if she somehow pulled out New Hampshire, yeah. then she's back in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I definitely wouldn't count her out. Right, you know, she's right. proven to be a pretty uh, dogged campaigner, even if her strategic sense is pretty is, is kind of wobbly. Um, and that and that leaves uh, well, Klobuchar. I think you can kind of write her off. You know, mm-hmm. she's she's not going to got fifth place. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that leaves Bloomberg. Yes. Bloomberg, the fucking Billi- billionaire, uh, Jaws shark. Billionaire, faux Republican. Yeah. No, I mean, the actual. Faux, faux Re- Democrat, yeah. actual <laughs> Republican. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's hard. You know, he is near in uh, national polls. I think he's ahead of Pete. Or no, he's ahead of Klobuchar. I think he's and probably also. He might be ahead of Pete. He's into double digits. Yeah. And just on the strength of spending. Right. Like it's the same as like hundred million, <laughs> almost two hundred million dollars. I think now yeah. that he he doubled his ad spend after right. the Iowa caucus, and he has more staffers than Bernie, and he's just trying to buy the nomination, and a, and a, and so far that seems to be mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. like pretty well in terms of polls and in terms of you know media coverage. Look, and Tom so Sire, I think, bought his way into what third place in the South Carolina polls just by. Yeah, I mean, so nobody far. nobody's heard of this guy, but he spent he spent like twenty million dollars in Iowa and got like like four percent or something, right? right. Um, and, and there is a de- like it, it's certainly the case that maybe Bloomberg is polling well because he's a familiar name. He's spending a hundred million dollars, but then once you get closer to that specific state, like once people that are going to vote in a particular state actually realize, oh, I better actually do my due diligence and figure out what's going on here. Maybe yeah. I'll realize, oh, that's not who I want to vote for, <laughs> right? Yeah, but I, but he's a threat. That's true. He's de- he's definitely a threat, you know. And 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 I mean, that's the thing that I would look look at 
over the next few weeks is I, I'm not sure if he's is if he's going to be on the debate and in, in Friday oh, that's, on Friday or not. That's more of the graft and corruption we were talking about. Yeah, in the so when you situate these quote unquote conspiracy theories, which are just ways to explain like what you think people with power are doing. Okay, well, people in power, literally the DNC, didn't change the rules that would permit, you know, Cory Booker and Julian Castro to make it onto the debate stage because, oh, we got to stick to the, we can't, yeah. we can't just yeah. change, we can't just change what, uh, what, what the rules are for who's allowed to be on the stage of the debate. Oh, Bloomberg, who gave, what, 300000 to the DNC right before he entered the race? Oh, sure, we'll change the rules for you to come on in. Come on in. Yeah, right? yeah, and that, that's like a nice lunch for a normal person. Yeah. Three hundred thousand. Keep in mind that whether it's Chris Matthews or the DNC or James Carville, right? These people hate Bernie not because they don't like his sense of humor or his style. He's literally the embodiment of the threat to their power and their ability to retain as an elite class and a donor class. Literally, the rule over at least their party and hopefully in, in different ways, the various offices, their party wins yeah, without that's a be- secondary consideration right, that's it, but winning. That, who cares it, about no, no, that? That's totally secondary <laughs> because, because they don't want to be accountable to other people outside of their networks, outside of their circles. And so if the fucking billionaire, who's one of them, part of their class, right? Part of their yeah. cabal, if you will, of elites wants to help put down the one candidate who is threatening to actually make the Democratic Party democratic, you know, Kratia or Kratos rule by the demos, by the people. Fuck yeah, come on the debate stage, baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, suddenly, suddenly, like, oh, we have to make an exception. You know, we have to, you know, it's like a, you have a lot of motivated reasoning and people being very, very squirrely about this. But, like, yeah, it's because he gave them a fucking bunch of money. Like, of course it is. Like, let's this not be not children rocket, about this. This is not rocket science. This is not the moon landing didn't happen. This this is, like, people in power will benefit from doing the few things that they can do to keep their power and influence and to, like, harm a movement that would threaten their power. This is This is not, this is not really, like weird logic operating it's like very straightforward personal interest operation right like yeah but all that said you know the thing about bloomberg he has a record of of horrible sexism and misogyny uh just publicly recorded and attested comment i mean not not literally recorded but like people have testified to his comments saying like you know, look at the ass on her. You should kill it about a, a pregnant uh, uh, employee. You know, just, just running a very sexist and and uh, uh, patriarchal company. Um, he, you know, as mayor, had a violently racist oh, policing stop policy. Stop frisk. Yeah. I mean, this was a thing where, where they had more arrests of, of black men in New York City than there are black men in New York City. You know, people getting jacked up multiple times a year for nothing because they're black. Um, he also loves war. He was really, he was with Trump on the Soleimani assassination. All, and he all was, on board. Yep. He was with George W. Bush on the Iraq invasion. And that back then he was. Didn't a, he speak at the Republican convention? He absolutely did. He's, he was a Republican then. And he and he uh, endorsed George W. Bush at the Republican convention in 2004. Thanked him for starting the Iraq War and said, "You know, he's a thank, 
thank God for George W. But that, you know, uh, 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 like, I would say arguably worse than Joe Biden in terms of his, his overall Policies. political record. Mm-hmm. You know, Biden at least, you know, Biden's been involved in a lot of really bad shit over the years. The bankruptcy bill, um, you know, stopping school integration but and so on. But like... uh Bloomberg was an executive, you know, you're talking about someone who's making primary decisions, not being one vote and um, among a hundred. And those decisions were fucking atrocious, you know, privatization, neoliberalism, racist policing, um, and, and George endorsing George fucking W Bush. And, and so I, I, I really have trouble believing that that guy could, could, and he hasn't had any scrutiny at (laughs) all. You wrote about this in in a book review, but like, it might not be the case that ideology is the only thing that matters or that policies are what totally dictate how people vote. Yeah. But it's not true that it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. It matters a little bit, especially when you're talking about someone who is so incredibly out of the mainstream of the, you know, the party coalition. And, it, and you know, in addition to all that, like, he is overtly trying to buy the nomination. Yeah, like, that's right. Like, he might as well just be handing a sack of cash to every Democratic voter in the country instead of handing a sack of cash to Facebook and Google and every fucking local news station in the country. But, you know, I, th- I think there are a lot of sort of, just rubes people normies who just aren't paying attention like oh yeah that's a pretty and not good only ad. that there are like Sp- spinoza has a line uh baruch spinoza you know philosopher medieval period uh that's translated into english as something like how is it that we desire our own oppression <laughs> and i th- and i think of that line when i think of people who are like in the wake of climate change and all the drastic inequality and marginalizations and oppressions that come from uh, neoliberalism and capitalism, I still see so many people who are like, you know, the elites will save us. Uh, Look at how successful this billionaire was. He must have, he must really be great. I think he can take on Trump because he's so smart. Like they totally drink the ideological like superstructure, if you will, like the water they're swimming in it, they're drinking it. They're, they're drinking the Kool-Aid. Um, and that, you know, these are the people that are, um, they love their oppression. They love their oppressors or, and, or they're privileged enough to not care about the difference between oppression and freedom. And it's just kind of, the image, look, the image of Trump and the image of Obama couldn't be more different. You have the vulgar, yeah. misogynistic, gro- like literally ugly, like just, <laughs> you know, pile grotesque. of separating flesh. Yeah, just just like the image of them, the, you know, uh, and then you have Obama, the erudite, the slick, literally like with his fingers, like as if they were chopsticks, like killed a fly during an interview, you know, can, yeah. can pop the three point shot still, right? Like can quote Rumi extemporaneously calm, not, not like a toddler throwing a tantrum, just smooth, yeah. very reasonable, rational. never, never angry, even when he should be angry. And yet, and yet if you actually care not about image, but policy and the people's lives affected by the power instantiated through the policy, 
guess who handed over to Trump the the, the drone assassination program? Guess yeah. who was deporter in chief? You know, Trump granted more cruel version of it, right? Yeah. But like, guess the, who fucked up the bank bailout and 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 basically deliberately caused ten million foreclosures in this country? But if you're privileged enough, where the power used in those harmful ways didn't affect you, well, yeah, or I care. You didn't notice, or you didn't notice. You don't know about it. I care about civility. I care about you know image. Yeah. I want a guy who reads Reinhold Niebuhr in the White House. Well, right. So, 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 like, if you're just upset that Trump is a dick, right, and kind of trolls the libs, yeah, and I'm that's very upset. and that's what you think equates to, to injustice. Then maybe you're a Mike Bloomberg guy. You know what I mean? You could be yeah. seduced by by that. Um, yeah. But like you said, there are people I think that could be converted to seeing the yeah. light. Um, yeah, that, I mean, and this 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 I think would be you know I, I think we should be increasing now that Biden has collapsed. I think yeah. we should be increasingly so worried about about Bloomberg. You know, if 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 Biden loses in New Hampshire. Um, then I think there's going to be a big scramble be- to get behind Bloomberg because he could spend functionally infinite amount of money. But you know the the thing about it is it's like there, there's a there's a lot of those type of people you know who who really are more or less incapable of caring about structural racism or like the indu- in, injustice of the carceral state and imperialism and so on, but like have adopted, you know, rhetorical commitments to rolling back that kind of stuff. And Bloomberg is so blatantly out of step. Oh, people will vote for Trump over him on those issues. So did you see that the Trump move during the Super Bowl where he had the, the advertisement, you know, with, yeah. with the criminal justice reform being highlighted by a, a black woman who was thanking Trump for, for the first step act. I mean, you, you know, and then the State of the Union speech, he kind of tried to reach out, talking about uh, criminal justice reform and talking about being pro-union. So he, he, you know, he's... It is un... I mean, I think Bloomberg would be less overtly corrupt and less unstable and insane in office, but it's not clear to me who would be worse on criminal justice between those two. Both their records are fucking appalling. And... You know, I, I, I mean, honestly, I think but Trump's been really making a play for the black vote mm-hmm. over the, you know, that that was a, cynically probably, yeah, mostly, mm-hmm. but he did sign that milk toast cr- uh, criminal justice reform bill, and here you have this elfin billionaire who's three and a half feet tall, <laughs> and he's he's just like the representation of Wall Street corruption, Don't be worse, ableist, Ryan, worse than Hillary Clinton. Um, it's not not his fault. No. Um, worse than Hillary Clinton on all the issues, and more more like uh, just connected with the sort of uh, elite of yeah. uh, the financial uh, oligarchy. Yes. Um, just you know, he he is Jewish, right? The uh, I believe I believe so, but you know. Whether that's whether that's the case or not, like he is a, like one of the richest people in the world and is connected to the 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 world. Uh, I just want to make sure elite. I understand why you mentioned it. If he's Jewish, is because Trump will will try to like use anti-Semitic. I mean, I just don't you know I don't want to play into these anti-Semitic tropes yeah, myself. Yeah. But like, you can't deny the fact that he is a oligarch. Right, he is part of the wealthy elite um 
Which has nothing to do with being Jewish. No, no, not at all. Um, but, but you know, so so uh, that uh, is going to be a tough sell against Trump. And I think a lot of people are going to look at that and be like, why the fuck are we putting up a Wall Street billionaire yeah. against Trump? You know? Well, like, which is why part of me is not that worried about Bloomberg. Again, like, Bernie... It's hard to be concerned, if, but... If, I mean, he's, he's got so much money. But if Bernie yep. had to create a foil... <laughs> come on, the Wall Street yeah. billionaire. Yeah, come on, Bernie. Also, the Jewish, Wall Street billionaire. Yeah. You know, Bernie, of course. But the Wall Street billionaire who's trying to buy the election. Come on, I would like to like that. That would the debate stage will be hilarious. Yeah, the, I, is he going to be on the stage on Friday? I don't know. I'm, I I I have I've heard disputing reports about that. But yeah, if if he is on there, um, it would be just, Bernie has not really gone hard at anybody in one of these debates. But I think. All of the candidates would go, yeah. maybe with the exception of Biden or Klobuchar, but that well, Mayor Pete, but but at least Bernie and Warren, um, and and maybe Biden too. I mean, because it's just so nakedly corrupt, you know, this former Republican asshole. By the way, who, I, I think the the Biden and then the Bloomberg logic, which is oh, he's a name we recognize, who's a, who's got electability going in his favor. That diminishes the more that Bernie is successful, the less and less Bloomberg is the guy that seems electable, and the more Bernie seems like the person who's electable. Yeah, it, he's the compromise candidate. <laughs> well, well, you have someone who's supported by people out of principle, and then more and more for pragmatic reasons by yeah. other by other people. But you look. I mean, J- Jesus. I mean, thinking even aside from you know the Bernie or Bus crew, like imagine Elizabeth Warren voters trying to trying to hold their nose and pull the lever for this, this fucking guy. Right. Uh, but like, like, like the, the, the candidate of anti-corruption and, yeah, and yeah. reigning in wall street right. and a financial transaction. If those are the viable tax, options of those. Yeah, are the I options, mean, yeah. the, 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 I can see Elizabeth Warren voters, some of them going to mayor Pete, maybe. Cause I, yeah. you know, I, I do sure. see, right. I probably there's some, uh, similar affect there, right. Maybe some of the PMC crowd that, that thinks his seven languages and his like McKinsey, you know, meritocratic background or something is, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think, I think that's possible, but, but the, I mean, this guy, you know, the democratic party as, as a whole has moved dramatically to the left relative to 2016 and very far to the left relative to 2008. And you're going to try to unite this guy who is not only a, a, a wall street billionaire, like the eighth richest person in the country, but who literally used to be a Republican and endorsed George W. Bush the worst, second worst president in history, I'd say, even including Trump, um, to up to this time. Uh, and I'm like, I would really struggle to pull the lever for Bloomberg. I mean, I think I could probably do it if I got nice and liquored up for Mayor Pete on the day of <laughs> well, the election. But so, and Bloomberg, <laughs> fuck me! Can you a, imagine that? Here, here's oh. the thing: I want everyone to think about in in talking to friends, family, and maybe we'll do an episode on this, how to talk to family about the Bernie campaign, especially those people who ideologically are different or don't necessarily think in ideological terms. Maybe they're more privileged. Maybe they're more conservative. Um, but specifically, they just want to beat Trump. You know, yeah. ma- Maybe we can, we can do an episode where we argue for why supporting Bernie is the way to go uh, for principle, but also for, for those that tactical think they... Reasons. Yeah, for tactical, strategic reasons. But... Um, but I mean, you know, the thing is, it's just, um, it's remarkable to see 
I think, you know, the reason that, that Buttigieg, Klobuchar, and, and Biden all kind of s- fared somewhat um, similarly with moderates is how do you choose among people when you don't have ideological principles leading you, right? <laughs> like it's, it's somewhat like, if it's, you know. Yeah. And, and so I just think that like going forward, the takeaway is remember to tell people uh, Bernie won, Bernie's electable, Bernie has a diverse coalition, Bernie is going to win um, and has the best chance to beat Trump. But also like, what are your reasons for supporting someone else? Right. And like, yeah. it just, it won't hold up when people try to, to talk to you about, you know, supporting Bloomberg. Like it doesn't, there's no good reason to support other people unless you really are against giving other people healthcare or something. Right. Like, I don't believe in that. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I don't know. I'm Let's trying. get rid of that. <laughs> but um, I, th- I think, you know, that's probably a good place to, to leave it, you know, but, but, We'll keep our eye. We'll keep a weather eye out for Storm Bloomberg, and um, you know we we got New Hampshire coming up, I believe, on Tuesday. Right. Keep sharing those um, messages, whether you're on Twitter or social media, or talking to friends about the great organizing and mobilizing success of the Bernie Sanders campaign. Right. Keep, yeah. Keep doing the work. Don't let this shit show in Iowa obscure all the, the hard labor that went into producing an amazing result really. Yeah. And I would say, you know, just a note to all of the, you know, for, for anyone who's, who's campaigning for, you know, uh, Sanders, you know, or even Warren in, in New Hampshire or Nevada or, or South Carolina, you know, just keep on doing that work. Let's just keep, keep advancing Bernie over the line. Um, you know, the, 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 the we can handle the media shitstorm as best we can right. you know like like Do the work. knocking on doors the, talk to people who've never been on twitter yeah yeah that you know it's, god bless you yes we're behind you thank you um and work for and, bernie contribute to bernie and if you're a warren person we totally disagree with you and <laughs> and totally think you should throw your, your support and effort and money to Bernie, but we respect you because we would be pissed if Warren supporters told us that we, and if situations were reversed, we'd be pissed if we were yeah. going to be told that we had to flip over. This so, is a, this is a Bernie podcast, yeah. but I, but I think we still view Warren as the, the loyal opposition as it were. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Need- when the time comes and it seems like she's run out of the money and has no path to victory, come on, come on over. So we don't yeah. get fucking Bloomberg Please. or yeah. somebody. Please. Um, but in the meantime, you know, fight for the fight for the rights and principles that the left really represents. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see you folks again very soon. Um, Everyone to- send Ryan happy birthday messages. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it could be bladed if it's after Wednesday, but, uh, well, he, he's finally yeah. 21 now. He can, yeah, that's right. That's he can right. Legally drink. I'm fine. Yeah. 20, 21 <laughs> and going to a strip club right now. <laughs> Not true. Um, but thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you again very soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>